You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to another week of Third Watch Recap Goodness. As we move past the double episodes, we move past people taking drugs and snowstorms, and we get into 10, 13, 16th episode of the fourth season. This first aired on the 24th of February. 2003. It was written by Janine Sherman Barrels, and it was directed by Felix Enriquez Aquela. I just like saying that name with a bit of an accent, because apparently that's what I do. <laughs> My name is Ben, and why does it feel like sometimes these podcasts never end? <laughs> My name's Darvell, and yeah, no one should say anything about your little anti-crime girlfriend. Girlfriend. I love the way you say girlfriend. Can I just point that out in your accent? It's, it works well. Um, I just thanks. Decidedly <laughs> pulled you up on that, apparently. Uh, but we're into. Oh no, that's fine. That is. We're fine. into a good episode here, Darvell. It's been um, it's a pretty good episode. Very. It's good. been about a month since I've been able to say those words. Um, but yeah. Um, this is ten thirteen, and I don't really know what else I can say right now because it's a good episode. <laughs> Oh, well, then let's jump right into it, because I quite agree. Well, I'm glad you agree, Darvel. I'm glad. That's why we pay you the big bucks of yeah. zero dollars. But we start off with <laughs> uh, the writing on the screen that says 1013 from the Romans part of the Bible. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is what the text is on screen. Mm-hmm. And then we have, uh, I guess, kind of shots of a woman on a keyboard and a headset and sort of listening. I'm assuming some of these are mixed, like 911 calls mixed with uh, yes. police responding. So kind of a bit of a start here. Like we talk about how 911, the show, sort of steals a little bit from Third Watch. Well, we know if you've ever watched 911, the start of every episode kind of starts with that beep and we hear the, the voice and we kind of get the text on screen. 911, what is your emergency? Yeah, we kind of get that. So again, is this another thing that they've stolen from Third Watch? I mean, I always forget that they sort of have this going on there. Um, we have Bosco and Yokus in a car. Yoko's complaining that it feels like some shifts never end. Bosco is not listening. Yoko's sort of saying, why are you smirking? You're getting some smirk. Uh, and then ultimately <laughs> Bosco sort of stands up and has not been listening and sort of says like, oh, this feels like this shift's never going to end. Um, we have Davis asleep at the house apparently. Uh, then we have uh, Lou sort of waking him up and says, oh, is Sully still sick? And Davis is like, yeah, hopefully he'll be... Uh, Back at work tomorrow, I heard he's pretty bad. And this interchanges with dear old Sully at a bar, singing along to Radar Love, uh, completely shit-canned and shit- While drunk. Shit-faced. I, I, this is um the second time we've had this song in this show. Uh, the song is by Golden Earring. But um, there was another earlier episode where I remember pointing this out that this song was played, and I'm pretty sure it was a Sully scene. I think they were in another bar. But I remember pointing it out that this is the song that Drunk Sully sings at some point later on in a bar. So um, here he is. Sully obviously loves this song. Um, and he tries to uh, get all his friends to stick around in the bar, but they all want to leave. Then the barman pulls him up and essentially says, you've got to settle your bill. $300 worth of alcohol, which, look, okay, this was too... God, what the hell did he drink? Well, I just want to point this out. In 2003, <laughs> I'm guessing that uh, that was uh, a lot of money uh, for alcohol um, in America. $300 for alcohol in Australia is just a night out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's very expensive. Then I'm not, then I'm not, <laughs> then if I, if I ever, if I ever come to Australia or New Zealand to visit you, I don't think I'll be spending that much on alcohol. Well, I mean, like, 
it's just it's. I'd love to experience Australia and New Zealand, but I've, from, <laughs> I don't think I'll be spending that much on from alcohol. From my experiences of drinking in the US and in Canada, uh, particularly the US, is that alcohol is very cheap compared to what it is in Australia. So uh, I'm guessing that there is a lot of alcohol being bought. And again, with uh, how inflation works over the years, this was uh, 15 years ago at the time of recording. Um, but he can't settle it up. He's only got 60 bucks to give to the bartender. He's been cut off until then. And, uh, this bartender kind of just sort of says about, uh, Tatiana, like, she wouldn't want this. And then Sally, obviously, um, and she wouldn't have. Yeah. Uh, gets a little bit, uh, stroppy with him, I guess is the word, uh, which is fair enough, essentially. Um, so, um, then I still have to wonder what did he drink <laughs> to, you know, to spend $300 on. And probably just on himself. Well, I reckon he's bought a few rounds as well, probably. So, and I mean, we don't know, I guess, how much time has passed since he's opened up this tab. So, uh, and and he's also got the patrolman's discount as well, Darvell, remember? So, uh, he's been buying him back every third drink. That's what he said. Uh, we then hear a 1013 is in progress. Uh, everybody rushes to this scene. Yokes has got a little uh, beanie hat sort of thing on, which like, looks really cool. Lou calls for everyone. You know, he wants ESU. He wants uh, aviation in, everyone out there. Yokes finds a, a police jacket in the garden, I guess. And then we get the opening titles. So uh, this is going to be setting the theme for this episode that uh, obviously people are making false 1013 calls or false police in danger calls because they know that all the cops are going to show up to a scene and then they're going to be able to be free to go rob another store. So um, I, yeah. there's, there's three episodes that I always get confused and somehow I feel that they are the same episode. Now you can, I'm going to forget the episode titles. You can, you can correct me here. We have, this one's 1013. Okay. We have the, uh, mm-hmm. episode, uh, is it last season where the police are getting shot at by the guy on the bike? That's last season. The guy on the bike. Remember when we had the cop funeral? Because uh, the, the cop funeral cop episode. Funeral, the guy on the, the guy bike. The guy shoots at Bosco and Yokus in the oh, car. Oh, 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 oh. Um, see, uh, that is, oh my gosh, hold on, let me think for a minute. That is season two. Oh, it's two, not three. Episode, yeah, season two, episode 11. There you go. Look at you. I knew you'd be the man to help me out there. And I also get, and I also feel that that, trying to think of what that one's called. Uh, I can tell you that season two, episode 11 is, of course, called A Hero's Rest. Ah, oh, um, yes, that's And it. the other one that I get this confused with, and I might, is it called Black and Blue? The one where there's people dressing up as cops? Uh, yes, yeah. that is that is in oh, fact that. black and blue season five episode. 12. I remember. There we go. So like, I don't know why I get these three three episodes confused because I mean, I guess ten thirteen is wildly different to those two episodes. But um, yeah, for some reason, I just feel that they're connected in some weird way or that they're the same episode. But anyway, that's just Ben's stupid opinion of the week. Um, so we got crews showing up here to investigate this car, which they we see it's sort of like a cop car because it's got the flashing sort of light on there. So these people have gone all out to make it believe that this is a, a police in trouble. And then they're sort of investigating this car and crew sees that it's got a CD player and that there's no, um, I guess, uh, tickets or anything in there, like the paperwork and everything along those lines. So why, why does Lou and all these other people just wait until somebody else looks at this car? I would assume the first thing you would do is look in the car and go, oh, who's this station to? Oh, wait, it's got a CD player. Wait, this isn't a cop car. So like, I don't know why they wait for Cruz to be the first person to, to look on it. Um, to build, to build up the tension. Yeah, possibly. I suppose. We also get a bit of a scene, I guess, between Bosco and Cruz after last week where 
Bosco is asking, saying that I try to call you, and Cruz is basically like, don't stop getting all clingy on me, and Bosco says, oh, well, I'm trying to get back onto anti-crime, and she's like, well, we don't need anyone at the moment. Um, and through all this, we find out that there's a robbery in progress, and then we find out that uh, a car has crashed through a building to rob, I guess it's a jewellery store. So this is, as I said, it's all been a bit of a ploy here. People making fake calls about police being in distress so that they can go rob other stores in the precinct, Darvel. Not, enti- not entirely unheard of. No, and if it, ha- if it wasn't before this, it certainly gave some criminals some ideas after watching uh, this episode of Third Watch. <laughs> Assuming criminals watch Third Watch. Well... Hey, they might. Come on now. Criminals are people too. That's a weird thing to say. Yep. Um, <laughs> it, it is. It is, now that I think about it. It's one of those oh shit moments, like, did I just yep, say that? Yep. Well, yep, I now, did. I mentioned <laughs> sort of in the last couple of weeks that, uh, you know, a lot of serious stuff is happening with Third Watch now, and there's not a lot of lighter moments, but we do have a few in this episode. Doc knocking on the door for Joy. Remember Joy, everybody's favourite, worst yes. human in the world who we weirdly like, uh, knocks on the door uh, hey Joy, I got and some- who answers? Look what I find! Look what I found! And he's got a can of whipped cream. And who answers the door? Yes, exactly as you said, Darvel. Who answers? A man, an older gentleman. And uh, we find out that this is the man who pays the bills around here. It's Joy's father. And uh, I do kind of like the way that Doc has to cover himself. It's like, oh, I was just in the neighborhood and thought we could have some cocoa. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do like the stuff between Joy's dad and Doc in this episode. I kind of think it's a bit fun. So, um, it it is because it, it's it's fun because it's so incredibly awkward. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Because I mean, the guy, the guy is, oh man, and that. <laughs> And that, that reminds me of another quote that I had in mind for this, for this episode, which that reminds me of another quote that I had in mind for this episode. Now that you mentioned that, it's where, um, it's where Doc says about Joy's mom, you know, you know, with my luck, I'll find out that I went, that I dated her in high school. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that because there's yeah. a couple of, uh, Canadian yeah. references in the coming weeks. I like it. It's, uh, you know, yeah. something. Mallory, Mallory will especially be pleased yeah. about that when, when, when she watches the show. Yeah, I do. I will say the actor who plays uh, Joy's father, who, can I just say, is credited purely as Joy's father. He doesn't even have a name, according to IMDb. Uh, Clifton Powell, who I've definitely seen in things before. Oh, I love Clifton Powell. Well. Oh, my God. That is a funny motherfucker, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> I love that. Well, I'm guy. seeing he was in Rush Hour. Uh, I don't remember him in Rush Hour, but I definitely uh, have seen him before. No, I don't think he was in Rush Hour, but um, he was. He was in he. Two things I know of that he's been in in um, the movies Next Friday and Friday After Next with Ice Cube. Well, it is, I know he's been in that. Well, yeah, I see that, but no, um, it's definitely saying he was in Rush Hour. It's saying he was Luke in Rush Hour. So. Uh, Whoever oh, Luke okay, is, okay. Rush okay. Hour. Um, Luke, Luke, Luke is. Have you seen Rush absolutely. Hour? Absolutely, I love Rush Hour. Rush Hour's a great movie. Okay, Luke, Luke is Luke is Carter's is Carter's cousin from the first. Oh, when he goes into the where goes into the bar in the, in the pool hall. Yep, 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 in, yep. The, in the pool hall, and he says, he says, you know, Luke. The only reason I haven't busted your ass yet is because you're my cousin. Yeah, that's all right. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about now. That's because that's when it, when he's got like he pulls up that guy with a cigarette. It's just a cigarette. That's a cig of weed. <laughs> I got glaucoma. <laughs> this cig, this cig of weed. <laughs> you got a prescription? That I do. Oh. 
I love Rush. I love and Rush. And the whole misunderstanding with Jackie Chan. I'm not going to say the quote, but... Um, you know. oh, 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 I don't... Um, and now I'm wondering if I should, because it's... I mean, it's so funny. It is, but but it would not pass today. No, no. Uh, that, it would not pass today, but it is just so funny. And in Jackie Chan's defense, I mean, he's just... In, in Lee's defense, you know, he's just... He's following Carter's lead. He thinks he had... He thinks that's what he has to say when he sees somebody in a bar. Oh, it's so, like my friend and I so, used to just quote that movie to death, and a lot of what we used to quote was actually just the up? bloopers, just like when, like, you know, Jackie, you kick just... it, okay, Chris Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> and who could forget this? I mean, you can't talk about Rush Hour without who could forget this quote. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> Oh, it's so good. My that. dad used to always um, say the quote, the inappropriateness of my father, uh, when they're in the car and they're essentially, he touches the radio and he's like, oh, Beach Boys, I love the Beach Boys. It's like, what the hell are you doing, boy? No one touches a radio? Like, but I'm not going to obviously do the full quote there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't you ever touch a black man's radio, boy? So every time I would be in the car with my dad and I would change the radio station, my dad would use that quote with me. So, um, yeah, uh, hello to my father, should he's listening. Um <laughs> Anyway, uh, enough. Of the, yeah, special shout out to him. Enough of the lovely rush hourness. Uh, we love Clifton Powell, uh, aka Joy's father. Again, the only thing that he's credited for in this episode is this. Um, back at the scene of the ten. Great actor. Back at the scene of the ten thirteen. That's a rhyming phrase there. Uh, Cruz says to Bosco, "Be in my place in an hour." Back at the scene of the ten thirteen. That's a new <laughs> hit song coming from Ben Waterworth. Um. Yeah, so Bosco is going to be at Cruz's house in an hour. Davis, meanwhile, we see the uh, his friend from a few weeks ago when he was with Hancock, the detective. Is it Dade? Officer Dade? Yeah. No, 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 it's not Dade. Which one am I? Uh, God, what's that guy's name? Oh, Dade's Cruz's partner, isn't it? Duh. Yes, um, yes, Dade is Cruz's partner. Um, yeah, detective someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's so he's so forgettable. We've okay. Oh, help us out. Him. I know you're listening. You're going to tell us. Uh, is it Morris? It's Morris, isn't it? <sighs> Whoever he is, we see. Yeah, we see him. He's back. He's become detective somehow, and he thinks that Davis put in a good word for Hancock, and uh, this sets Davis off a little bit. He's not too happy about it, and uh, obviously this detective guy is telling him to keep up your arrests, and that way, you know, you'll get some. Uh, Gets, go up the, the chain if you're gonna be, um, you know, doing it the right way rather than, uh, ultimately getting a good word put into it as well. Uh, meanwhile, back with Joy's yeah. house, having a bit of a conversation with the dad, and what does he say? Like, well, it's a little bit late for a visit, it's 11 o'clock. Um, and, um, what does he say? Like, who let you in? How do you know it couldn't be a burglar? And Joyce basically tells him to go away while she talks to Doc. We find out he's in town for meetings. We later find out that he's on Wall Street, and yet he's in town for meetings. Like, if he's in town for Wall, like, if he works at Wall Street, then he's always in town. He lives in New York. Um, so I don't. Yeah, well, maybe in town refers to what sec, uh, uh, a given section of a given borough. Possibly. Or maybe it means, like, I guess you can trade on Wall Street without living on Wall Street. Like, you can trade from a different city. 
So possibly yeah, these days you def these days hell you you definitely could these days you could just do it you could you could probably do it online these yeah. days I don't know yeah so Doc leaves he doesn't want to be there while the dad's there uh, we get drunk old Sully walking home and um, nearly <laughs> nearly, <laughs> nearly gets hit by a car and basically starts seeing radar love at the car and poor old Sully gets beat up in an alley uh, and gets his wallet stolen so uh, not too good there for old Sully. Drank a little bit too much, and we're later going to find out that he blacks out during this whole period. So, um, you know, poor old Sully. Uh, I mean, I guess it is poor Sully because he just got yeah. beat up. Yeah. <laughs> and what I was doing right there, just so you know, I wasn't like blah, 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 like ignoring you. I was kind of imitating drunk Sully. I, I kind of gathered. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. I mean, <laughs> because that's kind of that's kind of what he sounded like too. Just, uh, yeah. Possibly. Not, 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 the, not the best Sully impersonation you've ever given, Darville, but I'll give you points for trying. No. Um, no. But <laughs> no. And Skip Suddeth, actually, when he is in three sheets to the wind, he's actually a fairly... He's actually a fairly good, a fairly good singer. He is. Well, he's got his his own band, doesn't he? Of course. So yes, um, he does. The name of which uh, eludes me right now. But um, I did download some of their music, and um, he's good, good voice. I mean, it's not my type of music, if I'm being completely honest. But it's it's decent. So you know, good good for Sally. I wonder why is hmm. Yeah, but I sometimes I sometimes I wonder how did this, and maybe it's just completely irrelevant here but i mean sometimes i just wonder i mean how did his wonder how his voice got to be so so rough and haggard you know like this he's just <laughs> essentially uh, a man with a good voice I, I don't know i didn't have a good answer for yes, that one yes. uh minus ted oh, I, I minus know, ted is the name of his band there we go ben um yeah, meanwhile we've go. got a random scene here of uh yoka's telling a story about uh I guess backing up the 1013 of how important it is about a story about batteries being stolen. And meanwhile, kind of, we've got Sully showing up. He's got sore ribs. Bosco's having flashbacks of fucking crews, uh, checking her out. So, uh, you know, that's kind of, uh, what happens there. Uh, and then Davison sort of comments to, uh, Yokus about what's happened with him. And he's got a new girlfriend melting his brain. Um, so there's all that. Accurate. Accurate, indeed. Uh, then we have, uh, Carlos. We haven't seen him in a couple of episodes. Kim's shows uh, up. Welcome back, Carlos. Carlos, uh, ask him how it happens. Kim admits that she told them they didn't do it. Uh, and then Taylor and uh, Kim will be riding together that day because we find out that Doc has taken the day off. Not that it really means that we'll see much of Taylor this episode because when do we ever get to see Taylor? Um, we don't see her this episode. Uh, do we not see her for like a second? I think she's in it for about five seconds, isn't she? Mm, I'm pretty I sure. I think she's in it like briefly, uh, but like not nothing to sing home about. Um, right. And Doc, Doc taking the day off. Highly, highly unusual. Well, here he is. Highly unusual. He's, um, he's with Joy, shows up to see Joy. Uh, yep. and then Joy's getting a bit horny. Uh, then we get the, uh, you know, how old is your dad? When is she not, when is she not horny? <laughs> what is she like? Let's 20, be real. 21 or something when is, like that? <laughs> when is, when is she not horny? Uh, I don't know. Let's get her on the show and ask, hi, Joy, when are you not horny? Oh, right now, because you're listening to the Oz Network. Um, I don't know, <laughs> but this is where we get that Canada quote. You know, as you were saying about, uh, you know, I'm, you know, your parents are my age. I probably dated your, uh, mother in, uh, high school. Oh no, she grew up in Canada. 
Uh, and then basically they have sex. Good for them. Um, so, and I really, I don't think we, I don't think we see her after this episode. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, because she just kind of disappears, doesn't she? Um, so, and is she Doc's? Yeah, no, you're right. This is the last time we see her. Is she Doc's last girlfriend? I think so. I mean, if you don't count Sasha, it's kind of a one night thing, isn't it? So, um, right. Yeah. Wow, that's weird to say, isn't it? Doc's last girlfriend that we see in this show. Um, yep. Poor Doc. And I, I really think that part of the reason why we don't see her anymore is because, I mean, I mean, Doc just, I think when Doc met Joy's dad, you know, I mean, she, I mean, he, he realized, okay, this is awkward. Yeah. But, but I mean, really with Doc's storyline moving- how could he have not realized that sooner, though? Yeah, but I think, like, with Doc's storyline moving forward, there's no real place for him. Because, like, what do we have from Doc moving forward now? At the end of this season, it kind of really sets a new tone for him, and kind of all of next season is just about his ultimate, ultimate downfall. I know we've kind of said that from season one. It's a slow burn downfall of Doc. But I guess realistically, moving forward from this point, there's there's nothing happy for him, is there? Um, no. So, wow, we've really gotten to this crescendo of Doc's character. Uh, we still have some fun stuff of Doc in this episode, so I shouldn't completely yes. jump the gun. But yes. uh, yeah, wow, we're really sort of knuckling our way through this show that we're really getting to that point. Um, Cruz, meanwhile, is questioning a guy for the first time in three years. You can be my friend, trying to find out who might be uh, in control of this 1013 calls, because I guess this guy is going to be accepting merchandise. That's essentially how she knows. Uh, Davis and Sully are driving around. Sully's asking Davis to take it easy. Davis pins a guy for drinking in the street, uh, finds some drugs on him, and he wants to find some guns, and he tells Sully that he's doing police work. And, look, in all fairness to, like... You can understand Sully's, like, sort of questioning, like, why are you being a bit of a hard nut? But at the end of the day, this guy's walking down the street drinking alcohol. Like, I mean, that's a crime. So, like, I don't see why that... Yep, unless unless you're unless you're in an area where that's allowed. I mean, there are some places where you can drink out in the yeah, open. Yeah, but, I mean, this is kind of in the middle of the day in downtown New York City. Right, so. right. <laughs> anyway. Um... Like, when, when, when Davis mentioned the whole, you know, you're drinking in public, that's a... That's a crime. I was for a second there. I was I was reminded of this this area in my neck of the woods here in here in Kansas City, Missouri. Here in the U.S., there's an there's an area called the Kansas City Power and Light District. It's a series of bars and restaurants um, spread over several city blocks, and you were actually allowed to carry open containers of alcohol mm-hmm. in the in that area. And I was like I was like hmm. Well, then I guess I probably. Sh- I was thinking. I was thinking. Hmm. Kansas City Power and Light. We can. We can. We can drink outside there. That's, I mean, it's interesting sort of areas. I remember um, growing up in Hobart. There was sort of like on New Year's Eve, they would have the area sort of down near the waterfront. Uh, would sort of be this area where you would like allowed to drink, and I didn't know that. I think it was my first time after being eighteen, and I had like a bottle of like cheapo five dollar champagne, which is just 
terrible shit. I used to just drink it when you were younger because it got you drunk very easily and it was cheap. Um, sending a message out there for all kids growing up and being a good role model here. But um, I remember walking up to a cop and I was already... Hey, we both drink occasionally. I was so. already completely wasted and I went up to a cop and I'm like, can I drink this here? And they're like, yeah, go for it. So I just pop open this bottle and start drinking it in this area. Um, great police work there, allowing the incredibly I'm, I'm intoxicated 18-year-old... I'm trying to I'm trying to picture what you would be like drunk. Uh, not nothing that much different to me being sober. To be honest, I'm still just an idiot with stupid opinions. So um, that's. Uh, I was gonna say. I, I was gonna say. I picture. I sort of picture you being a funny drunk, not like a really. Are you saying I'm not a funny sober? Screw you, Darvell. I'm hanging up. <laughs> Actually, you are quite funny sober too, man. Wow. So Thanks. I mean, that quite funny. It. Quite funny. Ouch. Wow. Stick a dagger in my heart. <laughs> oh lord have mercy yeah well you know he can help out surely um anyway (laughs) (laughs) moving on yeah that that's common words uh said on this show um where are we even up to right now oh right yes uh so he's uh paco davis is basically trying to be a hot is davis is trying to be a hothead a hothead i was gonna say Perhaps this is a stretch. I was going to say, Davis is trying to be Black Bosco. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> you said it. Um, all right. We'll go with that then. Um, but he mentions Paco. Oh, but I know Paco. He's got a gun. And that, again, we've gone over this in the last few weeks, haven't we, about uh, certain names for certain type of people out there on the street. Paco. Um, okay. Um, meanwhile, Bosco is with... Crew, uh, Yokus, and he's thinking about having sex with Cruz and nearly crashes. Um, and then Yokus is sort of like, what's, ha- what's with you? I've never seen you so gaga over a girl before. Uh, you know, what are you in love with her? And sort of Bosco says, maybe. It's kind of interesting with the Bosco Cruz stuff because it fizzles out as quickly as it happens, doesn't it? But it's, it's not. It really does. I still think it's done in a way that's, it works like this is. I don't know if this is hypocritical. Because here I was last week, what bagging works out for the moment. Things being so quick and not being developed enough, but it kind of it's all you need with these two because Bosco and and Cruz are never going to be like a oh let's go to the movies and have a romantic dinner type of couple. Like just it's never going to be oh, that way. Be, let's but fuck. the thing the thing that I think works with these two, and even though it's kind of a real blink and you miss it moment where these two hook up, is that when we get to the final episode. It's slightly revisited, and I appreciate that. So, yeah, I I don't know. I think that that works. The final episode of the sh- of the show, you yeah, mean? third watch, yeah. Oh yes, yes, yes. So we'll just remember this okay. moment when I'm trying to talk about that when we get to that very final episode. Uh, Davis will do. Davis uh, is um, talking to this guy about Paco and uh, essentially they get another 10-13, they kick him to the curb. This guy doesn't want to be let out there because they think he's a snitch, but they still drive and let him there anyway. Uh, Bosco wants to wait. He doesn't think this is a genuine 10-13. Yoke is obviously saying we don't guess. This is a 10-13. It's another cop. Uh, they get to this scene. They find out it's another fake. There's another burglary in progress. And Yokus obviously stands up for herself and sort of says, like, look, we never guess. And what I do like about this episode is kind of this conflicting nature where they've got to guess, like, you know, oh, shit, you know, what do we do here? Should we? Is it genuine? Is it not? And this is, I guess, kind of where maybe I do get it slightly confused with those other two episodes I was talking about because in the episode where, you know, we've got a guy going around 
uh, shooting cops. Like they're all on edge wondering who could be shooting them. And then sort of in black and blue, they're all questioning whether or not people are real cops or not. So kind of this is maybe yep. one of those moments where you've got a question, is it a 1013, is it genuine? You know, it's kind of, it's the boy who cried wolf, isn't it? Like it's kind of, that's essentially. Really is. Really what is. What it is. Um, we have Doc and Din, Doc and Dinner. Doc and his, <laughs> Doc and Joy and a dad out at dinner. Uh, kind of this conversation, uh, you know, getting to know Doc's obviously very awkward and finding out he's a supervisor and taking the time off, but it all leads to one of, I, I just always remember this scene. It's just always fun where they essentially find out that they're at the same little funk concert. And when this clicks, they're going to get a, we want the funk, get up the funk. <laughs> just the way it kind of... Classic. I love that song, by the way. Uh, it's classic, classic. I just song. love the way they quote each other. It? Like, step off the mother, <laughs> to tear the roof off this mother. And then just the way they like back. And the look on Joy's face, like, what the hell? <laughs> so funny. Have you heard that song yeah, before? Yeah, there was a, there was an ad here in Australia. I think it might have been for deodorant, and they used that song, and that was maybe my first time I ever heard it. Um, but yeah, I I do know that song. So um, fun fun times. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, Sally and Davis uh, are watching uh, for Paco. Uh, Davis, uh, standing up to Sully, saying, like, I don't like covering for you whilst you're on a bender. And Dave, Sully basically saying, like, I was sick and Davis not believing. I do, again, props to, props to Kobe Bell on this episode. I do kind of like this stern, strong Davis standing up to Sully. I think it kind of, it works really well, like, just the way he does it. And, and look, this yep. is kind of this slow build of, of Sully's storyline, which is ultimately going to, you know, come to its crescendo in a couple of, a couple of weeks. But it's, it's really, believable like you sort of just the way these two are working off each other i, I do really like it uh and i mean even you yes. sort of say like it's not just being this season i mean ultimately this started with um when chevchenko came into it and kind of davis got shot a season ago so sort of it's you know the, just the the way these two sort of have developed it, it works really really well and kind of we're getting some good stuff over the coming weeks with and indeed 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 from the beginning of their partnership mm-hmm. you know yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we then have, um, back to Doc and, uh, Joy's father still talking about their, uh, being funk brothers or whatever they call it. And then I do kind of like how it gets quickly snapped away and we hear that record scratching sound the way your father's just kind of like, get this all out of your system. You know, I know plenty of other people who dating younger girls and all this sort of stuff. Um, you know, and I don't want my daughter with a low level municipal employee with a smooth line. And then kind of Doc stands up to him and is basically like, look, if you think that all it takes is a smooth line to get your daughter, then you don't know her as well as you think you do. So it's kind of like, ooh, drop mic. Doc wins that one. Um, and then, um, yeah. I mean, and considering where, where, where Joy's dad works, I mean, yeah, it's entirely believable that he's, that he's seen that because, mean older guys with money yeah. do attract younger women <laughs> that's why i'm with mallory except the money part um anyway <laughs> <laughs> that joke would have been funnier if she was here but anyway uh so we're back to sully and davis and yeah, i would have loved to have known her reaction to that da- bet she would have cracked up davis uh you know listening to sully sully's complaining he's saying his contract with the city says that he gets a meal break and they're there waiting for Paco and they see him and Davis doesn't want to have it called in because he doesn't want anybody stealing his collar. 
So we're ultimately getting a little bit more feisty Davis here. Speaking of feisty, we have Bosco and Jokic having a bit of a fight in their car. And uh, Bosco talking about Cruz, saying that people over-respond without thinking. Uh, and then kind of Jokic has a bit of a foreshadowing moment when she says, I'd like to see what happens to her ass when she needs a 10-13. Uh, we then hear another 10-13 of an officer being stabbed. Um, Davis is still with, uh, Paco and Sully's trying to get him to leave because he's saying there's a 10-13 and essentially this all leads to, uh, Paco running away, pushing Sully, kicking him a couple of times and then Davis says he's going to take him to hospital. So all this has kind of led up to is the fact that we're going to get a shirtless Sully soon because Davis needs to take him to the hospital. Man, crazy. Crazy. Crazy stuff. Crazy. Yeah, that's really all I can say there. <laughs> I just, yeah, I, that's fine. It's, it's, it's a moment you it can works. digest. It works. It works for us. We get to this ten yeah. thirteen, and Bosco Yokus show up as the crews. Now the call obviously has said that the ten thirteen, the stabbing, the officer is on the street. So they come along to this scene. And there is no officer on the street. So Cruz essentially gives up and says, oh, it's another bogus call. Jokas surveys the situation and thinks that it might not be a bogus call. And then Cruz obviously says, oh, are you questioning me? And then Jokas says, well, I guess I am. They do find that there has been a man stabbed and he also was a former cop and he's been dragged into a building. So this is kind of the balancing of the scene before when Jokas said that we should never question it. It was a fake. This time around, she's been proven right. You should never question it because it hasn't been a fake and an actual cop has been stabbed. And really, this is kind of first conflict, isn't it, between Cruz and and Jokas? And Jokas, yes. Which, I mean, again, we sort of had a few moments here and there, but this is is the episode where really it, it starts the fire burning. Yeah, but I think Cruz... Um, I mean, she hated... She hate she she hated being proved wrong yeah. in this little scene. I think, which I mean, at the end of the day, Cruz yeah. never really admits that she's wrong either when she is, though, does she? Right. Yeah. So we have um, Sully though back in hospital, um, and this is where he's telling Davis to leave because he doesn't want him to be seen. And we see shirtless Sully, and he's covered completely in bruises and sort of they're questioning like oh you know was this just from those that attack that just happened there i'm probably going to find out a little bit more about that this is where we see taylor darville i knew we saw taylor we have uh the cop that just got stabbed also shows up into the hospital taylor and kim wheeling him in look at me i'm still rhyming um so there's our obligatory three second taylor appearance of the episode uh bosco uh sees yokus and cruz kind of is there and this is where Jokas, essentially, we really have conflict going on here. Jokas says to Cruz that you make me sick. Um, you know, this is how you do your job up close. And then she walks away. Cruz is basically like, don't you walk away from me. Tells Bosco to watch the door. She's in the uh, the staff room here at the hospital and wants to kick Bo- uh, Jokas' ass. Uh, and then sort of... I, make, I might make some sort of dying declaration yeah Jokas stands up to her and basically laughs like are you kidding me what are you gonna do beat me uh and then she's yeah as you say no witnesses i could make some dying declaration here and and i love i love the way she delivers oh yeah it's brilliant and uh, like the one thing i'll say is that molly price and tia tahata their chemistry of hating each other works so well like this is what i think makes it interesting because i mean you could have a storyline of these two cops against each other really hammy and 
dumb, but like it, it works. You feel the tension between these two. And the thing that works so good about it is here's Bosco in the middle of this because, you know, he's ultimately wanting to get in Cruz's pants and also make his way up the ladder. And then he's, you know, sort of his long-term partner who he's been loyal with forever kind of having this situation as well. So, And who has always had his back. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's a great little sort of triangle here of, uh, you know, poor old Bosco being in the middle trying to work out what he's got to do. Um, a phone call happens, Cruz answers it, says to Jokic that we're not finished, and Jokic is kind of like, I'm shaking. Um, and <laughs> Cruz shows up to the shop of the guy that she was talking to before, and he's basically saying that the guy's about to shop with some merchandise, and that uh, this is going to be the guy who, of course, is making the bogus 10-13 calls. So we're all setting ourselves up to a nice little pointy end here, uh, including... Davis uh, talking to Sully about the bruises. Sully says he fell in the shower, and Davis obviously calls out bullshit on it um, because you know he's lied to him before. He talk- because it is. He talks to him. It's Morris is the name of the uh, the cop. By the way, I have written that down in my uh, notes here. Um, basically, tells him that he got. It is Morris. I was correct. I'm just I'm correcting myself more as I read my notes and read the screen in front of me. Uh, tell Sully why he was doing what he was doing because he saw him get a uh, promotion and he just feels that he deserves it more than he did. And then great acting here from Kobe Bell as he's sort of standing up to Sully saying, I can't help you uh, if you won't let me. Uh, I've got to move on. Uh, it's about getting away from you. So, yeah, it's starting to really yeah. build up and just it's just it's powerful stuff because I think kind of the difference between our other pairings, you know, I sort of said last week that the real prominent pairing so far up to this point is Jokas and Bosco. Um, I think the difference with Carlos, uh, with Doc and, oh God, Carlos and Doc are two other people, but, uh, with Davis and Sully is that we, we meet them on day one of their partnership. So I feel like you get a bit more of a connection to them at some point with their emotional connection to each right. other. Cause we've been there from the beginning and you would argue that with Carlos and Doc, but, Theirs is a much different relationship. So I feel that the heart of the partnerships is always going to be with Davis and Sully because realistically, too, they almost stay together till the very end, almost. Pretty much, yes. Yeah, with the exception of maybe the last, you know, five or six episodes. But even then, I feel we get a much better resolution of Sully and Davis than we ever do between Bosco and Jokic. Don't get me started on that when we get to season six. But, um, yeah, so I, I think... Well, this, sadly, just like... Just like, just like Snowblind, we're gonna have to. Cover Don't that. say it. Don't mention those two words. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know how familiar you are with. You'll see where I'm going with this in a minute. I don't know how familiar you are with the Harry Potter stories. Are you familiar uh, with no, that I've at all? I've never heard of Harry Potter. Of course, I've heard of Harry Potter. Yes. Uh, I, um, okay. Some of the like, I've I've seen all the movies. <laughs> I've read maybe the first two okay. books. <laughs> Okay, because I was because for some reason I was thinking, okay, if this were the world of Harry Potter, then Snowblind would be Voldemort, <laughs> because you just cannot stand to hear that that episode's name. You, you just said the V word, Davil. You're going you're, you're going down now. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I better watch out. I guess I triggered the taboo on the on the name, and the Snatchers will be showing up any second. Well, I mean, that's yeah, probably. <laughs> Again, don't know where I was going with that. Uh, so you'd have to be a re- you'd have to be a really big Harry Potter fan to get that, but okay. 
Um, so we then have Cruz back at this building and having a guy coming in with these boxes. I do love kind of Cruz's way. She's like, you got any first? Damn, these are like the real thing. <laughs> like just the way she says it. Um, she then, I think she gets a little bit too cocky here, doesn't she, Cruz? Cause she basically goes to arrest him She really away. does. Yeah. I think this is kind of a rare mistake from Cruz, the way she kind of plays this, but I guess it's got to set us up for this ending. Um, this guy that she's about to arrest, he does a runner. She chases after him. Um, we've got this sort of great tense moment where she leaves a building. We see a woman watching from a building above. She, because Cruz has got a gun out, so Cruz puts a police badge around her neck and sort of holds it up to this woman to show that, like, hey, I'm a cop. She's moving around with a gun, and out of nowhere she gets hit. And here's this guy basically calling her a stupid bitch. And as he drags her away, Cruz, Cruz starts screaming, help. And then the woman uh, on the phone calls up, obviously, 911 to report this. Now, this is one of those moments where I kind of, like, I feel it's it's strange that you've got Cruz, I guess, yelling out, like, help, help. And kind of, we get this yeah. guy sort of it, soon it, turn around saying, like, you're supposed to be tough. Like, it's interesting. Like, I don't know... It sounded, it, it, it didn't really sound right coming from her, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's, I think like, this, I've mentioned a couple of times, there are, there are two moments in this show when it comes to our strong female characters where I think they really piss all over it and make it a mockery where they kind of just turn them into damsels in distress. This is not one. Like of them. this. No, like, I don't know oh, if you thought okay. this was one. This isn't one. Like, you could almost put it into this category, but I think the difference with Cruz is that, how do I put this? Like, she has this moment where she's screaming for help, but then, like, once this is done, she's kind of just, like, she brushes it off like it was nothing. And I think kind of that's why I don't put this into the category of that. And I think... Oh, okay. Maybe you look at this in a way where you could argue this is a female character in a situation like this screaming... And then, like, you know, the way this sort of the guy's mocking her, like, oh, and you're supposed to be tough, kind of like mocking her for being a strong female cop, but you're not really tough because at the end of the day, tough because you're just screaming for help. I, I mean, I don't perceive this being out of the realms of the possibility if this was a male cop in that situation where you've lost your gun and you're being dragged and you're in a darkened alley that you too might also be screaming for help. So... yeah. I don't think this is being done purely because she's a female. I just think it's being purely done because she's in that situation. And at the end of the day, she gets saved by another female. So that's why I don't necessarily put this into that category where I think they're just shitting all over a strong female character, if that makes sense. Right, I got you. So, um, so then, what moments were you thinking of? I, I don't, the show I don't they... want to say, um, because oh, I will okay. say one of the moments is in an episode we've yet? already met. Well, no, then one's in season five, one's in season six. One is actually in Black and Blue, so we've already mentioned Black and Blue a couple of times. Um, and there's a moment. Uh, it involves it involves Monroe. I will just say it involves Monroe. Um, oh, okay. So, yeah, but, like, we'll, when we get to them, you, you'll be like, oh, okay, I know what you mean now. Um, yeah, so, anyway. Um, but, yeah, she, she's being dragged off um, and calling for help. And we've got Bosco and Yokus having a sort of an argument again in the car. And I do kind of like this, you know, sort of the way that Bosco turns around and is just like, you know, I couldn't get into ESU. I've got this anti-crime thing. Uh, and then, you know, she's 
sort of he's implying that he's not defending her. This is when Yoka's catches on that she's the girlfriend. Um, and then she's catching him out on a lie. Such great acting here between these two. I don't need to even need to say it. It's just a general thing. These two are great right. actors. So just this, their chemistry is fantastic from arguments to fun stuff to everything else in between. It's so goddamn good. Uh, and then <laughs> yes. we get a 1013 call, plain clothes officer. Um, and this is where Yokus basically rocks up, shoots the guy who's attacking Cruz. And, um, this is where she saves the day. So we kind of just talked a little bit about that. Uh, Cruz is getting checked out. I think the Taylor's here as well. So Taylor does have two appearances in this episode. Ooh, lots of Taylor time. Um, and she confronts, this is where Cruz then confronts Yokus. And this is kind of going back to my point about how it's not really like Danzlin, because he, she's just kind of like, this is how you solve a problem. Um, so it's kind of, here she is, she just brushes it aside like nothing's happened. But this is where we kind of really get like an evil cruise where she essentially says to Yokus, you know, don't go blabbing your mouth about the dying declaration. It's your partner's name on the report. This isn't going to touch me. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, I mean, anybody out there who at this point watching Third Watch uh, is probably saying, Ben, why are you saying we should like Cruz? Why are you saying we like Cruz? And then they're screaming this at me. Ben, she's evil. She's going to hurt Bosco. Like, I get, I can understand why people would not like her at this point. But from the grand scheme of things, fans of this show know how it all ends up. And it's just going back to that triangle of what I was saying before about how kind of we've got Cruz against Yokus and Bosco's in the middle. So it, it just makes for interesting yeah. viewing. Whether... Like, yeah, you're meant to hate Cruz at this point now. I think you, like, full-on are meant to despise this character. My point is with, it, with the cre- hatred of Cruz credit, is that some people just never credit, forget though, that knows, hatred, do they? Right. And give her credit here, though. Yeah, I mean, woman knows how to cover her ass. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And she does. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I do kind of like how Bosco sort of looks at Yoga's here and goes, oh, did you make nice? Uh, but then um, this is when she really stands up to Bosco and is like, you lied to me. She just admitted it. You know, you didn't get a dying declaration. For some reason, Bosco has the numbers of the crime being down in that area. Um, and then Yokus sort of uh, says like, no, uh, she's no good. You ride with your girlfriend. I'm leaving. And this is maybe one of, if not my favourite montage of all of the montages in Third Watch, weirdly. I fucking love this song, uh, Peacekeeper by Fleetwood Mac. Such a great song. And just kind of the way this plays, great in, band plays into this episode, the way we sort of have these, uh, you know, we see Davis um, sees his detective friend walking through the precinct, goes to see Sully, not there, has like a hamper or some flowers, basically throws it in the bin, he's angry, cruises in hospital, Sully sitting in a bar with a drink but not drinking it, Doc goes to knock on Joy's door but doesn't, walks away, Yoke is in a locker, staring away, just, just, it's effective, this is, this is how a montage, if you're gonna do these montages, this is what you should do, it's effective, it works, we don't need a cheesy shot of an animal guy getting arrested at the end, we don't need cheesy shots of drugs being cooked, you know, here and there, like, it doesn't matter how good the song is, you've got to be effective with what you're showing with the song, and this is an effective montage, so, uh, high props 
to what we've got here on screen. I think it works, and this song is so great. And I'm just going to lump in here before you say anything here, Darvell. We have a great scene to end it up here. Another potential top five nominee as Sully knocks on Davis's door and uh, basically admits everything. He doesn't know what happened to him. He doesn't know if he got beaten up, if he was in a car accident. He blacked out. He mentions that he went to a bar tonight but didn't drink. And uh, he says to Davis, I understand why you want to wash your hands with me, but I need your help. And then he gets led into his house. Such a strong, powerful scene. Great acting. Such a great yeah. end to this episode. Yep. And, I mean, I loved... <clears throat> and, yeah, Skip Suddeth's delivery of all that. Man. Yeah. Strong. Yes. Definitely. You're speechless. <laughs> <laughs> Uncharacteristically. Yeah, there you go. Um, Uncharacteristically speechless. I mean, there we go. That, that leads us into the ratings. I mean, you know I'm going to buy this. I'm assuming you're buying this too. Yes, yes, I'm I'm buying this one also. It's, it's, it's just... It's nice good... to be buying them again. And this is, this is just season four again. Like, it's just... We have a string of bad... High highs and low lows. Yeah, we have some bad episodes and we have some really good episodes. And, like, let's be honest, at least for the next few weeks, we don't have bad episodes. I mean, next week, we'll talk oh, about really that in just not. a second. It's a decent episode. It's another good episode. Two weeks, it's going to be a top ten episode. Like, it's it's one of the best episodes we will ever get on this show. Um, and like, this is just, it's such an interesting season, season four. Like we said that about season three, but obviously that surprised me so much about how much better it was than I actually ever gave it credit for. And here we are in season four though, really just having some absolute travesty of some terrible episodes, but also having some really strong, fantastic episodes too. So really this just bipolar middleness of a season that just is going to seek its badness into the last two seasons. Uh, it's just an interesting time watching this show right now. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. It really is. But that does lead us into next <clears throat> next week. Letting Go is a tip episode that title. That it does, Letting Go. Um, some great stuff going in there. Uh, we get some uh, Carlos stuff. It's been a while since we've really had a lot of Carlos stuff. I mean, I know we had a bit this week, but it's going to be even more so next week. Um, we've got a little bit more about Sully. It's mainly really about Sully and Davis, but uh, it's good. Um, we get some, you know, some shitty stuff with Emily. <laughs> It's just, it shouldn't be there, but whatever. But yeah, it's it's a decent episode. Yes, indeed. So be looking forward to it, listeners. Indeed. And we'll be back next week to bring you that episode. In the meantime, you know the drill. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe to all the channels, and do all those things that make you feel good at night by making us feel good at night by saying you like us. I know where I was going with that somewhere, apparently. <laughs> uh, but until we do come there again next week, my name is Ben, and you're still smirking. And you're getting some smirk. My name's Darvell, and with my luck, I would have dated your mother in high school. See you next week, listeners. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.